Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I have a word for you that's just burning in my spirit this morning. And I I don't know what you might be going through. Those of you online as well, things things may look or feel bleak right now. For some of you, you might feel it's dark, it's difficult. You might be feeling jacked up. You might be feeling like things are going to be too impossible to get through. You're going through some struggles today that seem to discourage you, to make you feel a little hopeless. But you know what? Even the fat lady may be warming up her vocal cords, getting ready to sing over your situation. But I came to tell you today that it's not over. Say it again, Pastor. I said, it's not over. Hit your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, it's not over. You see, a a couple weeks ago, I was in my devotional time, and I haven't prayed to uh, this music in a long time. And as I was going through my my set list on my playlist on, uh, on Apple Music, as I was going through it, I found an album I hadn't prayed to in a, uh, in a minute. I pressed play, let that music play, just started praying. And as I began to pray, a song came on that just hit my spirit. And I felt like it was God speaking directly to me in our situation. And as the song began to play, it began to play, just begin to sing, it's not over. It's not finished. That if God is in it, I said, if God is in it, I don't care what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing, that, that it's not over. And we, we were, my wife and I were dealing with the situation with a couple that was going through a tough time. They had hit a tough period in their, their marriage. And as I was praying this, as, I was, as that song came on and as I began to worship and began to pray, I looked out the window and that individual was walking up our doorstep that Ange was about to meet with, pray with. And I tell you what, it just hit my spirit. that It's not over. You may think it's over. You may think you, and you can't come back from this situation. Some of you are feeling like they're already putting dirt on your coffin. But I came to tell you today that it's not over. That no matter what you're facing today, those of you at home, that it's not over. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how, ba- how bleak things may look in this moment. The prognosis may not be good. The counselor says that it's over. The experts may even tell you that there's no hope in coming back. But I have a God that is greater than any expert, greater than any doctor, greater than any counselor that is decreeing over your situation. It's not over. You may feel like your marriage is over, your prodigal sons that you're praying for, your sickness in your body, your finances. You may be feeling right now that your sobriety, your health, that all your children, that your family is too far gone. But I came to tell you today, it's not over. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me as we read the word? I want you to turn your Bibles with me very quickly to the book of Luke chapter 23. And if there's ever a story that breaks down, it's not over, it's this one. Because here we have Jesus hanging on a cross, surrounded by thieves, one on his right and one on his left. And yet in that moment of despair, 
Look at verse 33. When they got to the place called the skull. Everyone say skull. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's right here. Jesus died on the hill called the skull. Why? Because most of the problems that we have in life have to deal with our thinking. And so Jesus goes to the source, the skull, the hill. We, when we have an issue in our finances, an issue in our marriage, an issue in our body, it's, we, my wife and I sat down with an expert this past week with a doctor, and he sat down and he says over 80%, 87% of the problems you face in life are because of a bad attitude. If you can get your attitude right, you get the 87% right, you usually have the 13% already done. You eat right, you're doing the right things, but it's your thinking that gets you in trouble. Jesus goes to the skull. They crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Let me, let me ask you a question, okay? Everyone here. On a scale of one to a hundred, one being Hitler, okay? A uh, hundred being Jesus. How good are you? Okay, now, now I'm, I'm, let, me, let me preface this, okay? Because some of y'all are already thinking, I'm already, I'm 88, 90, 95. Mother Teresa and Billy Graham are in the 90s. You're not in the 90s, okay? Let's just get that straight right now. But, but you're not number one either. You're not Hitler. You're not Mussolini. You're not, you're not someone wiping people out, okay? So if we were to take a look at that, how many of you, just based on a scale of one to, one to 100, how many of you would say that you are below 30? Raise your hands. Wow, we got a very positive group. Well, <laughs> There's one person back there. You know, one per, you, you, you might, for anyone, anyone, 30 and under. No? Okay, cool, because if you were 30 and under, we're going to have the ushers usher you out this morning. Okay? Anyone between 30 and 50? Wow, you guys have a great self-image. The ones 30 to 50 are the ones that, uh, you know, are, are the individuals that make the upper group possible. Number, let's take a look. 50 to 80, you're a pretty good person. Okay, a few more hands. Look around. Look around at all. I want you to look around at the 50 to 80 people, okay? 50, they're, they're good people. You, you got some things together, and we applaud you. You're working on life. You're, you're, you're not all the way there, but you're working. How about those of you that are 80 and above? How many 80 and above people? Some of y'all didn't even raise your hand. So you're even, how about maybe under one? Raise your hand. Maybe that, maybe that would be better. Okay? Let, let, me, let me do it. Let, let me, let's break it down this way. Ray Comfort, an individual that, that uses, uh, that, that's a great evangelist, he uses this system when talking to people. I want to just kind of open you up to this before we jump into it is fin or it, it, it's not over, okay? I, I want to ask you this. Have you ever lied before? Raise your hands if you've ever lied. Wives, look at the husbands that have their hands up right now, okay? Have you ever lied before, okay? Raise your hand. You know, if, you are, if you've lied, what does that make you? Okay? 
Good, good. You guys are good. At least you're responding. How many of you have ever stolen something before? Raise your hands. Watch your purses next to these individuals that have their hands up right now, okay? Now, now that, that was me. I remember in, I, I, was, I was a thief when I was young. I remember, how many remember when you were in school, they would, uh, for those in the Bay Area, you would have school days at Great America. Anyone remember that? I remember going, and my mom and dad, they only gave me five bucks to go to Great America. You couldn't even get a burger for five bucks. The sodas were five bucks back then. I remember going, and I only had $5, so I didn't have enough to get any souvenirs or other things. While all my friends are doing that, there was a little wheel where the food would come out, and it was on a little circle. You remember that? It would come out on the circle, and so I was hungry, and my five bucks wasn't enough, so I would stand right when the conveyor was coming out, and I would just stand there and eat the fries and whatever burgers were there and just grab a little. So I've stolen before. That makes me a thief, okay? And just like some of you that had your hands up as well. In fact, I remember this one time going up, and it had this room is Daniel's. I thought, man, that's nice. It has a great America symbol on it and so forth, and so I took it. My friends were standing next to me. I didn't have 12 bucks. We had five. I wasn't going to spend it for this. So I took it, and I walked out of the store. And a security guard came over, put his hand on my shoulder. He said, son, you're not my dad. He goes, did you take something? I said, no. I lied. What's that make me? Okay. And so he, he says, let me see it. I said, see what? I had taken it and slid it down my pants. I said, what? You can't search me. I don't have anything. And I argued with the guy. We went back and forth, and then I walked away just sweating. And I got away with it. But I had stolen, okay? Let me ask you this. Have you ever lusted before? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. Because I know every one of you in here should have your hand up, but I'm going to cover you right now, okay? So if you've ever lusted according to the word of God, you are an adulterer if you're a married or a fornicator if you're not. Maybe I should have asked those questions before I asked for the numbers between 30 and, okay. You want to rethink your numbers, anyone? Okay. Have you ever put something before God? Lift your hand. Ever put something before God? Makes you an idolater. Because anything we put before God becomes an idol to us. Have you ever gossiped about anyone? Come on, you can lift your hands, all right? These are the people you do not tell secrets to. Okay, do not tell secrets to the people. Put your hands back up again. If, you, if you've gossiped, then that makes you a murderer. Because we destroy someone's character with the words that we speak. What, what am I telling you? Have you ever cheated at anything? A game or, or, or cheated at, at life? Or, or let me put it this, have you ever sped before? Speeding. Broke the speed limit. Everyone said, we all do that. I did that on the way over here this morning. 85 and just uh, it was open so I just what, what am I telling you is that if you've ever cheated then you're a cheater when we recognize this that all of us 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is jacked up. Every single one of us is messed up. Every single one of us has done something that has separated us from the love of God. It is only the blood of Jesus that gives me the right to stand before you. Because I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. I've done and I've broken all those things. But there's only one person, one thing that can save you, that can make you righteous. And his name alone is Jesus. He's the only one that has the ability to save you. So what am I telling you this morning? Jesus finds himself that the, the hands that healed, the, the, the eyes that gave compassion, the feet that carried him from place to place to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to feed those that were hungry. Those feet now are nailed to a cross. Those hands are, have been stretched across and he's suspended between heaven and earth. His back has been ripped open by the cat of nine tails. He has a crown of thorns on his head and his head is swelled about three times the normal size. Most people would look at him and not even recognize who he was. Yet through the anguish that he's going through, with the crowd mocking him as Jesus is stretched out, coming to fulfill his purpose, as he's stretched out on the cross, now he's hanging between two thieves as well. And it's enough that the crowd is calling him down. It's enough that the crowd is beginning to, to heckle him and, and to call him down and said, if you are the son of God, then step off the cross. Then we'll believe you. It's enough for those, those religious people in the crowd to call him down. But it's another when the two jokers hanging next to him who deserve to be there begin to heckle him as well. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, I want you to understand that the cross wasn't, the, the Romans didn't crucify people just because. It wasn't just an act of punishment. It was an act of deterrence. They, they, as you would enter a city, the crosses filled the entryway into a city because they wanted every guest that came to that city to understand, if you come against the Roman government, this is what's going to happen to you. It was a very expensive form of punishment because that individual was up there for weeks at a time. And it wasn't just the pain of hanging on the cross or the nails that, that kept you there, nor the beatings that you took, but it was literally hanging up in the sun beating down upon you, having the animals, the birds, the crows coming down and beginning to pick at your flesh while you're alive. The, the, the pain that you felt where you're trying to get a, another breath and you're pushing yourself up on your feet that have already had nails put in them. You're going through such excruciating pain. The goal of the, the of Roman of Roman crucifixion was one purpose. It wasn't just to punish. It was to make them an example to everyone. Don't ever come against us. So I want you to understand something. As Jesus is hanging there, they are killing the author of life. I want you to see what happens in verse 39. One of the criminals hanging alongside him cursed him. Are you kidding me? This dude's hanging right next to the Son of God. And he curses Jesus. It, it, it's amazing to me how people are so close to disaster in life, to the end, and still they can't come to confess who Jesus is. 
Rather than get things right, they would rather curse the one that can help them. And I want you to understand what takes place. These criminals were both guilty. Everyone say guilty. They were both equally close to Christ. They had the same opportunity. They had the same surroundings. They had the same environment. Yet both were suffering. Both observed what had happened in the early hours. It, both individuals recognized the need. One asked for help here on earth. The other one asked for help in eternity. So I need you to understand what takes place. We don't know their names. Whenever in the word, listen to me, those of you at home, whenever in the word the name of the individual isn't given, it's because it could be any of us. When name isn't ascribed, that means it could be any one of us. That we could put in our own name, that we could put in our own family, we could put in our own situation. They're, they're, there's no identification. They're only labeled by their offense. They're criminals. And how many times in life have we been labeled by our failures? Oh, they went through a bankruptcy. Oh, they're the divorce couple. Oh, they're the ones whose kid is, is messing up. We are identified by our struggles. We're identified by our troubles. Oh, they're addicted. They're, they're struggling. They, they got fired or, or, or they, got, they got laid off. And so many times we end up being identified by the struggles that we go through. It's bad enough that they're being ridiculed by this bypassers, but then to be ridiculed by the very people who deserve to die. See, the only thing is they didn't realize, listen carefully, the thieves are hanging there because of what they've done in execution. Death is the result. But they didn't realize, although it looked over, it wasn't over. Listen to me. You are the ones that are hanging next to Jesus right now. I want you to look at what happens in verse 40. But the other one made him shut up. You can tell it's a different version. It's not the King James version, okay? He made the other one shut up. Now, I don't know how, how he did that. Hey, don't make me get off this cross and shut you up. But he told them and somehow shut him up. And this is what he says. Have you no fear of God? Have you ever run into someone that just has no regard for who God is? And this thief hanging on the cross is wise enough to understand, I belong here. I deserve whatever happens. Do you understand that many times the things that we go through, we deserve some of the things we go through. I've heard people say, well, I don't deserve this, Pastor. I'm a good person. I don't deserve what the, what's happening right now. You know what the reality is? Some of us deserve it. There's some things in my life, some troubles I've gone through that I deserved. My sin separated me from God. My choices turned its back on God. The things I made a choice to do, there are things that I deserved. But he recognizes this. This is his form of repentance. He says, have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve, everyone say deserve. deserve. We deserve this, but not him. He didn't do anything to deserve this. And I want you to notice three things very quickly about this repentant thief. The first thing, his circumstance. Look at where he's at. Number two, I want you to notice his choices. His choices led him to his situation. He had no one else to blame but himself. And then number three, I want you to see his confession. 
I want you very quickly to take a look at those of you at home as circumstances. He's in pain. Have you ever been in pain? Do you recognize that when you're tired and your kids want something from you, you can be a little short? When you're going through a tough time and someone calls you, you just don't have the energy to answer the call? Have you ever been in a situation that, that people are always relying on you, but you're weak at this moment and just don't have any more to give? Yet you feel like, like cotton candy where everyone's just taking a piece of you to where all that's left is the cone. This is where he's at at this moment. He's hanging on a cross in pain, sentenced to death. He could feel the hatred of the crowd and maybe even the people that he had stolen from are in the crowd calling him down. This is it. It's over. I want you to identify with these guys on the cross. Many of you are feeling like right now your marriage is facing a death sentence. Your life is facing a death sentence. Your finances are facing a death sentence. Your, your, your doctor said it's incurable, but I'm here to tell you something. You might know that you're messed up, but you can't take it back. There, it seems hopeless, and you know that the end is near. This is where he's at. He's reached a point of hopelessness. He knows he's going to die, and he figures, if, well, I'm on the verge of death. I might as well just come clean. Might as well just get it right. Second thing I want you to know, that was his circumstance, but I want you to see his choices. His choices led him here. Let me just pause for a minute. We live in a culture today where no one takes responsibility for their actions. It's everyone else's fault. It's my parents. It's the color of my skin. It's, it, it's the political affiliations. It, it's the neighborhood I was raised in. It's the environment that I was raised in. When are we going to take responsibility for who we are? When are we going to take responsibility for what we've done? You will never find freedom in your life until you learn to start taking responsibility. That you are where you are in your marriage because of your choices. You are financially where you are because of your choices. You are educationally where you are because of your choices. There's no one else to blame at this point. He finally takes ownership and he says, we belong here. He doesn't. Then he makes another choice. He asks for help. See, listen to this. Both these ask for help. One asks for help on this earth. If you're truly the son of God, then save us and save yourself. One asks God for help here on earth. The other one asks for help in eternity. Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. Come on, stay with me this morning. I saw this, uh, I, wanna, I wanna read this. Is naked, exposed, and estranged. We, like the thief on the cross, have one more prayer so long as the breath of life runs through our lungs. What am I telling you right now? Naked, exposed, estranged. We're like that thief right now. But as long as I have breath, let me try this side. As long as I have breath, 
I, it doesn't matter. You might be in a precarious situation right now as long as you have breath. Everything you might have got that report from the doctor. The counselor says you're better off divorced. You got family and friends that have turned their back on you. Your addiction's getting worse. You feel like there is no hope. There is no place of, of, of rest. And yet in that situation, as long as I have breath, I have hope. As long as there's breath in my lungs, if I can get out, not a complaint, but a prayer, if I can squeeze out a petition before God and say, God, in this moment, I know I put my marriage in in jeopardy. I know I put my family in jeopardy. I know our future doesn't look bright right now. But with the last breath I have, Lord, remember me. Notice what Jesus says in verse 40. Or what the the thief says in verse 40. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Everyone say, remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember, you created me for a purpose. Remember that you, you, I was in the heart of God before I was in my mother's womb. Remember that you designed me and fashioned me after your own image. Remember that there was a plan for my life. Even though I jacked it up, remember that there's a plan that you set in motion for me. That I may have messed it up, but God, that you all through eternity led us to this moment right now. That I wasn't expecting, I was expecting execution, but what I got is I won the lottery because I'm dying next to the author of life. And as he's hanging there, look at his confession. Now, I don't know why he says this, remember me. Randy, if you would help me. I don't know why he says this. What was it? Was it how Jesus suffered? Was it the prayer that Jesus asked on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Had they heard about the miracles of Jesus? Or maybe they were stealing from the crowd when he was feeding the 5,000. Maybe they were there. They heard about the miracles. They saw the miracles. But there was something about this thief, something in the eyes of Jesus, something in Jesus' character that caused this man to stop and say, remember me. Remember me. Look at what verse 41 says. Jesus tells him, don't worry. I want to prophesy over you right now. Don't worry. Pastor, you don't know what I'm struggling with right now. Don't worry. Don't worry. Stop worrying. I got this. Don't worry. Don't worry. This man's hands were nailed to a cross, so he couldn't get down and do good works. His feet were nailed to the cross. He couldn't just walk away and say, I'll follow you, Jesus. This was it. And he says, don't worry. Don't worry. I will. What about my marriage? Don't worry. I will. What about my finances? Don't worry. I will. What about my kids? Don't worry. I will. 
What about the sickness? Don't worry. I will. Well, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Don't worry. I will. He says, I will. Today, someone say today. I have to wait till tomorrow. Today, you will join me in paradise. <laughs> Before I close, I remember going, we used to go to a church in Phoenix, Arizona for a pastor's conference every year. Phoenix First Assembly of God had three, two balconies. I mean, it was way up and we always sat at the top. And what, what's interesting is one time we went to one of their production meetings. They tell us how they did their, their productions, illustrated sermons and things like that. And they told a story that on Easter Sunday, they had their play going on of the resurrection, the passion. They used to have a ministry called Church on the Street. And what they would do is they, bikers and everything, they turned an old bar into a church. And so people would still ride their bikes in expecting to see a bar. And they turned the bar into the church and they would minister to people going to look for a drink. Like the woman at the well. Instead of a shot of Jack Daniels, they would get a shot of Jesus. So as they're, wait, they're preparing for this Easter production, the production manager was waiting for someone from church on the street to come to be the thief on the cross during the production. Listen to this. They also had buses that went out to the street to pick people up. And the buses would come in filled with people throughout the city. They would unload, they would have breakfast, and they would attend services there. Well, they picked up a group of homeless people that drove up to the church. They got out. And while this young man was walking in, homeless man was walking into the church, the production manager saw him come in and says, are you from the street? She meant the church on the street. He was like, yeah, I'm from the street. They just, in his mind, they just picked me up. He goes, well, we've been waiting for you. And he's like, okay. So follow me. They followed him. And so they take him backstage and they start taking his clothes off and putting on the, the wrap for the thief and everything. He's like, man, this is a weird church, but I'll go with it. <laughs> Next thing you know, they, they're going over his lines. And as the curtain opens, he is the thief on the cross next to Jesus. And when his line came up of remember me, Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. This homeless man that came off the street that was addicted to drugs, while he's on the cross, gave his life to Jesus. And his life was transformed. What, what am I telling you? It's not over. God will meet you anywhere. You might be sitting here thinking right now that, you know what, there's no way God wants to deal with me. But Jesus is in the middle of saving all mankind, comes in contact with the thief. If Jesus is willing to pause his purpose in order to minister to an individual that is asking for help, that's what Jesus was. That's who Jesus is, that he never turned his back on anyone that looked for help, even while hanging on the cross.
If Jesus had time for the thief, how much more time do you think he has for you? It's not over. I said it's not over. It's not over. Do you understand this? Listen carefully as we get to get ready to close. The first person to walk into heaven was a thief. Not Moses, not Elijah, not one of the prophets, a thief. Listen, good people don't make it to heaven. I don't care where you are on the scale of one to a hundred. Those of you that lied that said you were in the 80s. <laughs> Will you make us sick anyhow? You're all perfect in everything. But good people don't make it to heaven. Forgiven people do. Bow your heads right now as we pray. Father, we just ask your grace over every person in Jesus' name. Lord, whatever they're facing right now in this moment, even at home, I pray, Father God, that those that are struggling, those that are going through a difficult moment, that they would know right now in Jesus' name it's not over. Whatever you're going through right now, you might be here right now and you're disconnected from God. I want you right now to know just how much God loves you. You might feel, I don't want to bother God. God has bigger problems to deal with. No, God loves you so radically, so audaciously that it doesn't matter what you're facing. God loves you. You're here right now and maybe you're disconnected from God. I want you just to lift your hand in the air and say, Pastor, I just want to surrender my life to Jesus today. I want to give my life to Christ. I don't want to wait till I'm suspended between heaven and earth on the verge of death before I give my best to God. Right where you are on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand in the air. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two. Search your heart right now. All God's going to, why would you run from God? All he's going to do is love you when he catches you. As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, just give your life to God today. Ready? One, two, three. Three, lift your hands right where you are. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Over here as well. Over here, over here, there as well. God bless you. Back there as well. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Come on. God bless you. Yes. You can put your hands down. I see those hands. God bless you. Maybe you're here right now and you're just at the end of your rope. You're, you're serving God, but you're at the end of your rope right now. You feel like everything is done. It's over. If that's you, would you lift your hand as well quickly? Anyone at all? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, yes. And even more than I see your hand, God sees your hand. He sees your hand. Lord, remember me. For those of you that lifted your hand, I'm going to have everyone stand to your feet right now. I just want to say this prayer. Say it with those that, that just want to restore their walk with God. Would you just say this with me, Heavenly Father? I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day for me I receive and I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior I turn my back on my old life and I make a decision to follow Jesus in Jesus name I pray 
amen and amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to text the word ALIVE to the number 408-340-7703. That's 408-340-7703. Text ALIVE. We have some people standing by to minister to you. But as the worship team gets ready to close us out with It's Not Over, if you need prayer this morning, as the worship team begins to sing, we got dots here at the altar that will pray with you. We'll come into agreement with you. We'll have a point of connection. But I want you to know that it's not over. No matter how bad things may look in your life right now, it's not over. If God is in it, I said if God is in it, it's not over. It's not over. So Father, we pray right now for every person that's facing a situation that seems like it's hopeless. Lord, if you are in it, it's not over. It's not over. Lord, let me listen to your report not to the report of the enemy. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. Come on, Reverend Troy. When God is in it, there is no limit. When God is in it, it's not over. When God is in it, there is no limit, no not over God a shout of praise. Come on, I know you can do better than that. Give God a shout. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.